welcome to the Tioco Podcast, where we discuss the intersection of telecom, technology, and innovation. Today, we are discussing part two of our series of multi-access edge computing with Danny Isaacson, Tioco's Senior Director of Technology and Strategy. So welcome back, Danny. This has been such an interesting topic that we decided to create a part two. So for all our listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed part one. If you haven't, please go back and give it a listen, because now we're going to jump back into the discussion with Danny. So you've been talking a lot about 5G network slicing and, and IoT things uh, instances like connected cars. Is this a critical, is Mac truly critical for these, for these uh, new technologies to be a success, in your opinion? I believe it will, yes. We, we don't see this, you know, very much today because right now we are in the, in the initial stages of 5G. I mean, the first 5G generation was what we call non-standalone, which is basically 5G radio being routed into a 4G core. Uh, so all the low latency uh, uh, use cases were not even uh, available in this type of architecture. Now uh, the, the first uh, the first service providers that are venture venturing in what we call standalone 5G, which is basically 5G radio and 5G core, uh, they are building their own uh, cloud native 5G core. The, the, this type of uh, architecture will enable low latency communications, the ability to distribute uh, core functions into the edge, all the things that will enable slices, will enable low latency use cases, and will enable IoT uh, use cases, uh, high capacity IoT use cases, and so forth. So we will probably will start seeing you know, a drive, uh, a more, I would say, powerful drive towards uh, MEC, MEC deployment, MEC use cases, MEC orchestration, uh, MEC monitoring, Towards, I would say, anything between, uh, which might start this year, you know, the buzz, but usually will go into one year, maybe two years into the future. And, uh, but certainly a, a lot of uh, these use cases that we're talking about, specifically uh, the URLC use cases, and even some of the also what's called the EMBD use cases, the enhanced mobile broadband, everything which is related, for instance, to augmented reality or virtual reality. Let's say that you're going to a, to a museum and you want to see uh, you have some type of smart glasses or, or some type of information you want to be overlaid on top of them or on top of, oh, on top of other device. Uh, that type of uh, uh, enhanced mobile broadband type of capabilities, because you might want to see it in 3D and whatnot, that will uh, happen usually at the, at the MEC center where all this information will be processed. And that, that goes under the local services and content, as I said before. So I think that as the technology moves forward, as more and more 5G standalone networks become available, as more 5G cloud native cores are becoming a reality, uh, that will enable slices, that will enable low latency uh, use cases, another type of use cases. And then we will see more and more this drive to the MEC because I think that this MEC is really uh, an enabler of a lot of value-added services that can be monetized at the end of the day. So it's it's beyond the the regular communications that uh, we we know of as of today. Also in the IoT space, when I'm talking about uh, analytics, done you know at the edge of uh, a lot of different sensors which can be sensors analyzing turbine motion or environmental sensors 
or sensors in cars or any other type of sensors. Many of them will require, uh, you know, edge computing and edge analytic capabilities. I, I hear you mention a lot of these um, applications are, are focused around enterprise and factories and and um, um, sort of business-related services. Do you also see some applications that are more consumer-driven? Like you did mention virtual reality, wearing a virtual reality headset maybe in a in a museum or other type of environment. Do, do you see any other applications where mech will really touch the lives of consumers? Yeah, I think so. I mean, my personal opinion is even if we look at the at the 5G and we look at the three you know use cases that have been defined as the vision of 5G, which is the MBB, enhanced mobile broadband, URLC, ultra-reliable low-latency communications, and MMTC, massive uh, IoT, basically, machine-type communications. Two of them are really geared toward the uh, industry and IoT, the URLC, and the MMTC, uh, they're really geared toward IoT. So we see that pretty much the fabric of IoT is kind of embedded in, into the IoT, into the 5G vision. But having said that, uh, there's also a consumer uh, uh, use cases, and we, we mentioned some of them, AR, VR, uh, local content, uh, local downloads, uh, things like that. Uh, even when we talk about the car, a car is really a mixed human uh, IoT device. So you have uh, the, the consumer, which is the human, which want to hear a good song or, or have, you know, some link to a local uh, business from his map or uh, to, you know, to keep the kids in, in, the, in the back row with a, with a nice movie. All of those things are consumer, uh, uh, you know, uh, consumer uh, use cases, or even might be, you know, a touristic uh, use case where you are just driving to in a city and suddenly you are uh, crossing a specific point of interest and suddenly you know a nice uh, video explaining you know the history of that statue or that mausoleum or something like that suddenly pops in your screen and you start hearing about these things. So definitely I see many use cases that uh, will uh, cater toward the consumer. But I think that uh, many of the, the use cases, specifically the low latency and the private network use cases, are going to be geared mainly towards, you know, industry point for zero, whether you are in a factory, a campus, support, uh, and people are talking about a lot about that because this is going to be an enabler of a lot of automation and a lot of uh, actuation and a lot of, uh, you know, remote uh, type of controls that today are not available because you cannot really ensure the low latencies, for instance, that this type of uh, use cases require or, or the reliability that uh, these use cases require. Right. So uh, um, in terms of, though, for the network itself, for the, for the network service providers, do you see instances where portions of that, portions of the OS, the uh, operation support services, sort of being deconstructed and delivered at the edge? Definitely. This is a great, this is a very good point. The, the idea is, and we are definitely moving towards that. We have already uh, defined and built a collection and actuation agents that can, they are containerized, so they are cloud network functions, so they can be basically uh, installed, you know, dynamically installed or deployed in, in different clouds. 
So this will enable you know local collection and local actuation. At the first uh, instance, uh, still the analytics is going to be done in the central OSS, but more and more we will start you know pushing more and more analytics and, and decision making towards the edge. So it's it's basically a gradual process. Some of the things will still require uh, to sit uh, you know in the center in the central OSS instance because when you're talking for instance about machine learning or artificial intelligence sometimes you need big data and it's very difficult to deploy big data instances in each one of these mechs so there's going to be a kind of uh, um, a separation between the things that they require you know local actuation that might be very fast local interaction with the local orchestration and then the the, the more I would say uh, sophisticated analytics that comes with machine learning and AI that usually sits in the centralized place. But definitely, the, the since the network is being decentralized, the idea is that you have uh, user plane functions, which are basically core entities moving into the moving into the edge and you might have also other core functions uh, like control plane functions moving into the edge and you have the application functions and orchestration so you have already a decentralization in a sense of the network into these aggregation points where some processing analytics and control is being done uh, that means that you need to also monitor them and be a participant in this specific uh, uh, closed loops that will happen there. In some cases, a whole 5G slice might, you know, start and end in, in, in a mech and, and the, the, the core, the, the central core might not, might be almost or not at all participant in that specific slice. And, and that the, 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 the um, decisions and the actuation and the orchestration of that slice will happen at the mech. So you definitely need to be there and monitor and be participant in, in, in all those life cycles. It's very, very important. It sounds, it sounds like it's getting increasingly complicated, that's for sure. But that uh, some functions will work best in the core and some functions can be intelligently moved to the edge. Would you say that's the case? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So if you could, if you could uh, uh, look into the future, what um, what do you think the telecom network of tomorrow is going to look like in say ten or twenty years from now? Is it going to be different than than where it is today? I, I believe so. I mean, I truly believe so. I think that there are certain I would say trends which are becoming more and more prominent. One is what we call the cloudification of the network. Basically, you know, more and more of the network is is situated in clouds. So even they're talking about cloud run, cloud radio access network. So for instance, they took, uh, you know, the uh, processing of uh, the radio signal outside the, the, the cell site. So things such as baseband units can, can sit on a, on a cloud, on a nearby cloud. Uh, they're talking about cloud, and of course the, the, the 5G core, it, it's cloud-based core. And uh, those mechs will sit on, you know, specific, uh, localized or edge clouds. So the idea is that cloudification is definitely happening and will happen more and more. The other thing is softwareization. Basically the the classical network elements as we know, they are being replaced by virtual machines and software. So let's say that you want to, to, to have a router functionality, you basically download the router software into a virtualized machine. 
that sits on a on a regular server and a commodity server and, and here voila you have a router or a network resource function or a network slice selection function or a authentication function or any other type of function in the network so basically what's happening is that um, the nets will become more and more cloud-based and more and more software-based so that means that you need to control them so we're talking about sdn controllers and orchestrators and things like that and they're going to become more than dynamic in the sense that uh, if you need to pop up a specific uh, functionality uh, or a specific application in a specific data center you can do it you can deploy it and that's the beauty of uh, these cloud network functions and these uh, you know, dynamic deployments and dynamic scaling of resources. So in that sense, uh, I would say that telecom networks are becoming more and more IT networks in that sense, uh, which is the trend that happens that started, you know, some time ago, but now it's becoming, you know, more prevalent. And so this is why I think that cloud uh, providers such as AWS and Google and Microsoft and others will, will have a more prominent role in this new uh, networks as the future happens uh, so that's definitely something that uh, that i see usually with when we talk about uh, network functions they are like the physical network functions which are like the legacy what we call them pnfs and the virtualized network functions which we call them vnfs so there are a lot of still uh, you know physical network functions in telecom networks because this is sunk investment and people want you know to to continue using it until they sunset it which might take you know five ten years depending also in which region of the world we're talking about but but they eventually this drive towards you know virtualization cloudification and softwareization we will bring more and more the type of architectures that i'm i'm talking about and uh, this brings a lot of advantages but also some disadvantages because at the end of the day, you know, if you're talking, for instance, about microservice-based architectures, then you might start in injecting microservices because the, 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 a lot of processes are distributed across different microservices. So you might have start, start having like inter-microservices latencies that these are things that you need to control or provide algorithms to minimize or optimize that. So new technologies, new challenges, but a lot of advantages because otherwise it's going to be very very difficult to provide uh, for to cater to towards these use cases that iot is bringing and 5g is bringing uh, which are as under these three families of embb urlc and mmtc which have subfamilies and subfamilies you have to talk about b2x which are the connected cars can talk about uh, uh, connected uh, uh, mines, connected uh, factories, connected ports, smart cities, uh, medical, uh, uh, you know, uh, telemedicine, and more and more and more. And, and I, I think that, that that drive towards, you know, more uh, elastic networks, scalable networks, uh, controllable networks, it's something that uh, uh, it can only happen with this type of architectures, for instance, even if we speak about slices, a slice is virtually, it's, virtually it's, it's, it's a partition of the network towards a specific use case, which is uh, accompanied by specific SLA. So you might have a slice which is uh, requires high availability and low latency. You might have another slice which require high bandwidth. You have another slice which require a lot of capability, basically a lot of sensors in a specific area. 
And so what you're doing is you have only one network, but you're basically converting it into multiple virtual networks that all of them have to co coexist together, be orchestrated together. And uh, so they need to scale up, scale down, uh, you know, and that's, um, that's uh, the only way to basically do that is with this type of cloudified and softwareized architecture that uh, 5G is leading into. Wow, it sounds like 10 or 20 years out is going to look very, very different from today. Um, uh, it's, yeah, yes. what an exciting time, huh? I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Danny. You brought up some great uh, uh, points for maybe some future discussions and future podcasts, uh, network slicing, uh, network function virtualization, all of these topics. Really, you can't talk about one without talking about others. Um, so I just want to thank you for your time today. Uh, this is such an interesting and exciting topic, and it, clearly it's, it's just in its early stages with a lot more to come, I'm sure. For our listeners out there, thank you again for joining us. Please be sure to share today's discussion with your friends and coworkers if you enjoyed it. You can visit our full library of podcasts at tioco.com or on our new Spotify channel. And if you have any follow-up questions for Danny or if you have suggestions for future topics for our podcast, Please be sure to send your comments and suggestions to us at podcast at tioco.com. Thank you, everyone, and have a great day.